Hey y'all, welcome back to Voices of the Body, the podcast. My name is Love Ashley Elaine and I will be your guide as we continue on this journey to listening to our bodies, tapping into our higher voice, our higher version of us, right? Because there's a body that we're meeting, there's a constant shift and change. So uh, this episode, we are tapping into my good friend Miriam. So excited coming all the way from the AUE. We're talking about diversity in religion and the culture around religion and just what happens when you do something that is different. Mm. So prepare your mind, body, and soul as we tap into this episode. One of my favorite things to have at home with me when I need to just unwind and relax my mind and my body or when I'm in those really deep healing spaces and just need something to bring me back to center are candles. Vintage Essence is a black woman-owned company that specializes in candles, wax melts, and car diffusers. I also love my car to smell good. VE's goal is to provide you with items that make you feel comfortable and relaxed and that make your home your jam. Who doesn't want their home to be comfortable? Who doesn't want their home to feel safe and smell good and to feel cozy? Go to VintageEssenceCo.com and use the exclusive code that was created for our listeners, Voices15, to get 15% off your order and become a candle cousin today. Listen, y'all, my favorite candle is Hookah Lounge and Rest Your Cakes. I was able to get some samples of Rest Your Cakes. Hookah Lounge was in a sample box that I got that she that vintage essence did during Valentine's Day. I brought myself a cute little Valentine's Day candle set and brought myself some flowers. Ladies, don't ever think you can't buy candles for yourself on special holidays also. Hmm. Beautiful scent. Long lasting, just like filled the room so quickly, but so softly at the same time. These candles were definitely made with love, definitely with prayer hands. Knew it like it's like the the candle knew exactly what I needed when I needed it. So don't forget to use code Voices15 at vintageessenceco.com. And we are back. So, you already know what it is. Go ahead and find that comfortable seated position that your body is asking for. 
right? Preferably something that is going to allow the upper body, the front body um, to be open, right? Maybe laying down or sitting um, with the back super straight, as straight as you can get it, but really keeping that heart space open. Keeping the top of your head really aligned with the sky as if there's someone pulling a string from the top of the head really pulling and aligning the spine and you have the invitation here to gently close your eyes or if you your surroundings and your space are not conducive to complete eye closing you can bring your gaze down your nose just something that is going to allow us to look inward right Um, and not see where we physically are right now and take a big breath in sounds drive and release One more big breath in. Sounds dry. And release. Sounds dry. And one more big breath in, this time pulling the shoulders up to the ears. And as you release, bringing them back and down as if the shoulder blades are trying to meet one Sounds another. Dry. Keeping the heart space open, keeping the crown of your head towards the sky. I want you to just bring awareness to your heart. If peace could be downloaded in this moment, what would you remove to make space for it? What would you surrender to make space for it? Sounds drive. What would your true authentic self feel and do? Because when we have peace, we move Sounds different. Mm, we create different. We love different. We see things different. We don't allow things to become overwhelming. We become underwhelmed. Sounds drive. What does peace look like for you? What does it feel like in your body? Take time in this moment to investigate what's in your heart space that's blocking you from living in authentic and overwhelming peace. Peace that only comes from connection from the crown of our head to our divine 
right? Some call him God, some call him Allah, some call him the universe, right? Whatever that definition is for you, to each to 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 each his own, right? Yet the bottom line is connection. What does that connection look and feel like? Because that is the relationship, the relationship with our divine that connects us to the relationship with our higher self that calls for us to come into our present self, our present body, our present circumstance. And really live from our truth, live from our authenticity. But the only way we're able to do that is when we have peace. So there's this dance, this sweet dance between surrendering what the norm feels like it should be for us and tapping into what the actual norm is that we were born to be, that we were born into. So I give you permission to really search your heart, search your, search your soul, your solar plexus, and identify what needs to go so that peace can be invited in. Because with peace comes clarity, with peace comes creativity, with peace comes authenticity. Peace is your birthright. Freedom is your birthright. Sounds right. And just allow yourself to sit in that space. Maybe uh, you find some space to journal Sounds about right. it. Right? Maybe you find some space to talk it out with yourself or someone else. And take a big breath in and release. Sounds drive. One more big breath in and release. And last one, big breath in, opening up the heart. Pulling the breath from the belly all the way up through the body. Gathering up with the breath everything that needs to be removed. And as you exhale, audibly sighing, releasing those toxins, releasing what needs to be removed so that peace can be invited in. And take some time here to find your footing find your space and we will be right back anybody that knows me knows that coffee is my thing I wake up in the morning I get me a cup of coffee I also truly enjoy teas teas are so healing for the body mind body and spirit Ocean Royalty Healing's mission is to lead through transparency as a vessel to inspire healing Each of their products are made with pure love and with the intention to provide emotional healing. 
whether you're indulging in one of their herbal tea blends or um or their thoughtfully crafted intention oils you do so with so much joy Oshan Royalty is here to offer physical, spiritual, and emotional healing through the curative power of energy healing, herbs, and crystals. Try any of their products at OshanRoyaltyHealing.com for 10% off with the code VOICESOFOSHAN. May peace and blessings reside with you always. And when you say healing energy, I can feel it right? I never use products that I don't know where other people's hands are because healing comes from the hands. And these teas, amazing. I got the lavender chamomile tea to drink at night. And when I tell you the lavender is so potent, it hits you. And you like, before you even take a sip, the, the lavender coming from the cup with the nice steam when it's nice and hot, my eyes is ready to fall asleep. Like my eyes were closing just off the smell. Like I, I was about to fall asleep with it sitting in my hand, right? And it also tastes so good, so good, so, so good. It's so, it's so pure. You can taste the purity in this tea. I've also used or drink, I still drink the goddess womb tea. The goddess womb tea, I highly recommend ladies, uh, and men, you can buy this for your ladies, right? Um, to help ease cramps during our, our cycles, our moon cycles during, after our cycles, right? To help bring blood flow back in, to help clean out anything that needs to be cleaned out, to keep our wombs healthy, ladies. This goddess womb tea is packed with vitamins, iron, magnesium, and antioxidants, and it's made with red raspberry, nettle leaf, hibiscus flower, orange peel, and rose hip. After I had my miscarriage, I was told that red raspberry, well, I Googled what I should eat, what I should drink, all those things. And I still, I haven't stopped drinking red raspberry tea. Red raspberry tea has been a saving grace. So this goddess womb tea is really good for clearing out any of those energies, right? Really restoring the womb and restoring the body. Our creativity comes from that space also. So go ahead and head over to OshanRoyaltyHealing.com for 10% off with the code Voices of Oshan. And we are back to Voices of the Body. So um, this episode is going to be really dope and really um, just like... I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to what's been going on um, over in the Middle East. Um, the it, like with women's rights and women um, just really speaking up for themselves and not wanting to wear their hijabs anymore. There's been a lot of protests um, at the date of the recording of this episode. There's been two women who have um, died in police custody, one in police custody and the other one, her body was found 10 days later in a detention center. It's really crazy. Um, so I have with me to just kind of talk about the history of the land, talk about um, the Muslim religion and women's rights. A good friend of mine that I met in Peru, everybody that's going to be on this show I met in Peru. <laughs> And I love it. Um, so I have with me Miriam Al Dahari. 
She was born in 1992 and was raised in Abu Dhabi by an Emirati uh, father and French mother. Her passion came from her grandmother, Helen St. Maturi. Did I say that right? Maturi? Maturi. I like when she says it, y'all. <laughs> um, being an Emirati with a French mother, she frequently traveled to France to visit her family. Her favorite pastime growing up was visiting museums with her grandmother. Her grandmother was also a world traveler, a professor of Latin, and an expert in art history who also became her role model. My grandmother is the love of my life, too. She graduated in 2014 from uh, Zayed University in Abu Dhabi, a college, the College of Communication and Media Sciences, with a bachelor's degree and is currently pursuing her master's in history of art and museum studies um, in Abu Dhabi. Marking her seventh year in the museum, she is now a curator, curatorial assistant in Abu Dhabi. Miriam is also passionate about archaeology and has been excavating since uh, 2014 in the UAE and abroad. She was among the first group of students in the archaeology field school, publish, publishing a report on the old villages of Al Ain near the oasis, then shared during the seminar for Arabian studies at the British Museum. In 2019, she excavated on uh, Marawa Island that started gradually in size from the year 2000 until today. So please welcome my good friend and my new sister, Miriam. Hey girl. <laughs> hey Ashley, it's so good to to be part of this amazing podcast that's going to help so many people. We don't even realize it yet, but it's recorded and it's there forever. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm happy to have you on. Um, so yeah, like, as we said, we met in Peru, uh, getting our 300 hour. Um, and I think the, so, okay, let me back up because I got COVID when I was in Peru, when we were in Peru and the house that we all moved into for those of us that had COVID was like kind of separate from everybody else. So Miriam was still with the bigger group and I was <laughs> with the COVID group. And there was a day where everybody was going to PSAC and yeah. you guys had walked past or whatever. And I remember you stopping and saying to me, oh, you know, you, you had mentioned that you wanted to get me something, you know, just to yeah. remember the trip or you, you just felt led to get me something. And I kid you not, y'all, she came back with this beautiful painting, beautiful painting. And I think she, I think she had brought everybody else like wallets. <laughs> I'm not special, I promise. Uh, but she she brought me this beautiful painting and not until I got back home and really got to like know Miriam did I understand the value and the love that came from you picking out this painting because of your love of art, your love for history, your love for tech, like just your love for, for media that way. So I am forever grateful that you went that deep into your your soul and your heart for picking out that painting for me like it hit me after we had our little meet and greet for the podcast and I was just like oh my god like this girl is amazing like she like she intentionally 
picked this out for me. So yeah, like I'm 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 forever grateful. Um and I know like we had a conversation towards the end just about like you know, you being Muslim and getting into yoga. How did you find yoga? What what was that like being a Muslim woman and getting into yoga? Well, first of all, I'm so grateful to have met you thank as well. You. And um, thank you for the introduction. That was amazing. I was introduced uh, to yoga just, you know, like most people going to a yoga studio, practicing yoga. They feel like it's something that relaxes them, something that makes them more um, fit in a sense, more flexible, but also stronger. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was hooked. I would do yoga two, three times a week, definitely on the weekends. And I wanted to try all kinds of yoga. And I was a student in, at university at the time. So between 2010 and 2014. Yeah. And I remember I did hot yoga. I did swing yoga. I did yin, uh, vinyasa, everything. And to, to kind of like, immerse myself and find which one I really liked but it was enjoyment yeah. um, it was for enjoyment and I felt that that sort of bliss that I came out of it every in every single class mm -hmm. and I wanted to become a yoga teacher or to do yoga teacher training to dive deeper into the essence of it I didn't know when I didn't know how I didn't know how I could get it and I remember during COVID is when I signed up several times and they kept getting canceled because a lot of people got COVID and they had to cancel the program. Mm. And I Googled yoga July, 2022. Oh, wow. And the first thing, one of the first tabs was Indra Yoga Institute for mm. yoga. And it was the Peru 300 hour. And I was like, okay, let me explore that. And there was an initial, initial meeting and I was like, okay, this is legit and let's <laughs> do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I told my friend, um, Deedim, to join. I mean, I was actually, it was a conversation on her birthday and she's like, what are you doing in the summer? I was like, I'm doing this. She's like, oh my God, I always wanted to go to Peru. I'm coming with you. And unfortunately, she also got COVID uh, yeah. on the trip. But... Uh, she wanted to do the retreat rather than the teacher training because she's already done a teacher training before and she just wanted to enjoy the, the retreat. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the yoga teacher training. Just like everyone says, it's a whole different world. Doing yoga and learning is two separate things. Mm. Um, and once you do it, you're hooked. You want to keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, you just have to find the means to do it. Yeah. And it became part of my life and part of my my sacred spiritual practice, even being a Muslim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sacred to me. Yeah. Did it ever did you ever like kind of go back and forth in your in your head or with your family about being Muslim and getting into yoga or becoming a yoga teacher? Never, actually. The, I was known in the household to be the yogi. yogi. Oh, she's going for a yoga class. Miriam's going for a yoga class. 
that. Miriam has a yoga class. Oh, she's on her way to a yoga class. Like I was known for that. Right. And my father would see me in Lululemons, you know, in a t-shirt holding like my yoga mat. And he's like, oh, yoga class? I'm like, yeah, yoga class. (laughs) (laughs) So it was never an issue ever um, in terms of religion, in terms of dress, in terms of, you know, um, having uh, m- like different sexes or genders in the room, it was never an issue for yeah. for my family. Well, my immediate family never was. Right, right. What about like you know how is it in community? Because um, where you live, that it, it's it's still very traditional in religion, right? The the garments that are being worn, the practices, all of it. Um, do you? I know you don't, <laughs> but is there ever a time where, you know, you, you felt out of place with the religion, like the, the, the culture of the religion um, and, you know, you really trying to step out and just be who you are? Um, so, yeah, the United Arab Emirates, the UAE, is an Islamic country. Um, and so there a lot of the rules in Islam apply, not all of them, but the majority. Yeah. And uh, traditionally, culturally, we do wear like a abaya, which is like a long trench coat thing. Mm-hmm. And then a scarf, um, that's part of like the culture. Uh, now, being a yoga teacher, you can't wear that. And uh, you, I mean, practically, it's like impossible to move around right. unless you have like a scarf that's really tied in a certain way or or maybe like a, a hoodie looking thing. Like you'll have to adapt, basically. Right. I don't wear the hijab. So for me, it's not an issue. Um, and I was very curious because I've been recently teaching at a yoga studio, a local yoga studio, and um, I was curious to see how people would react I wore you know my lululemons and a tight long sleeve top and took some pictures my husband actually took pictures of me on the dunes and I used it for to advertise and promote my classes mm-hmm. and everyone was supportive and I was like mm-hmm. okay cool mm-hmm. and uh, I was sharing photos and but it is quite rare I got some following some um Emiratis who are in fitness and wellness who started following me and I saw that they were also in you know t-shirts and leggings doing their thing mm-hmm. and I was like oh wow we're like really progressing that's amazing yeah. um and you have so you have the both dualities you have the more conservative and the more liberal mm-hmm. uh, I think my immediate family is definitely in the liberal side my extended family are more in the traditional conservative side, mm-hmm. but the dynamic is so uh, restricted. So in a sense where they don't feel they have the privilege to say anything or to do anything about it. So, and that's thanks to my parents yeah. who have created boundaries for us to live our lives mm. as freely as we want to. Yeah, and that- that's very important yeah establishing boundaries yeah that's powerful because um when it comes to i like there's somewhere in religion right where we forget that god created all of us to be individuals right like he 
he he downloaded and created you to be a certain way for a certain reason for a certain time he created and downloaded me to be a certain way for a certain reason for a certain time and it's like now with what the times are right it's you know just what we've been seeing on the news and on social media even even social media right the presence of what's going on in the country you know is is like loud on social media right um so the history of the hijabs right i know like you just mentioned it's almost like i mean it's 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 impractical to even wear it while doing fitness right like the like the the whole nine right when doing yoga or anything i know what was it like maybe a few years back there was a um muslim runner and nike had created um yes yes yeah and i thought even that was still a nice statement right so talk about just like the history of women in um in the islamic countries and in the religion and just like why is everything in such an uproar now like what is it that you see um and then even like you know like the the perspective of your family like the just just those that are for it and those are for against it right like what is the history of women in um the middle east and then like moving towards like what's happening now for sure so in the Middle East or in the Gulf, um, there was a lot of like changes over time. They were, you know, in the UAE at least, they were, a lot of them were nomads. They would travel from one place to another, depending on the season. And they would do a lot of labor work, you know, ride the camels. And so th they would wear very loose fitting clothes mm -hmm. and very light as well, light fabrics, because it's, it was hot most of the time, it was warm. Yeah. And so a lot of the pictures that you find are like women who would just have like a long scarf and literally, you know, here their chest is open, they would be wearing like a, a dress, but underneath the dress they were, they would wear like, some sort of parachute pants, but decorative. Mm -hmm. So they would they could lift their dress and like ride camels and whatnot. And the, the UAE is special in a sense that the women were very powerful at the, even from the beginning because some men, most men, a lot of men would go to the sea for months, up to four months, fishing, finding pearls, because the economy was based on that before oil. Mm -hmm. uh, especially for oil and so women would be alone they would take care of the household they would sell they would fish and sell fish in the market they would grow vegetables sell it in the market they were very public they were very visible they were there they were out there and then the the you know with the introduction of oil um there was in the late 60s um, there was this like emergence of schools and education. And so women would wear uniforms like a, like pants and a shirt, but they weren't, most of them weren't wearing hijab. Mm -hmm. They would, you know, tie their hair or leave their hair open. They're in uniforms, studying. So many pictures are like that. It, it, it felt very Westernized actually. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, 
it went back to being super conservative. And there was this push into, you know, preserving the culture and the culture is endangered. We need to really preserve it. And, you know, we need to preserve our identity, our culture. And there was this huge wave. And, you know, with also a lot of extremism and the Islamic Brotherhood appearing in different areas and mm. having so much influence, indirect or direct influence everywhere in the Arab world. There was this, this, um, this paranoia of like preserving religion and culture to, mm. to an extreme. And, um, and now we're breaking through that with the emergence of social media, with individuality, um, there's no longer control of like a certain image yeah. that they used to have. I mean, yeah, they would have it on TV and the radio, but you don't see anything on the radio, but like on TV. And now like I can post myself anytime. I can take a selfie, post it. I can do a live video, post it. I can do whatever, post it. So there's now there's a division there's so many divisions so you have the liberal people the conservative people the people in between the people that are very extreme you know like there is a lot of mixes yeah and um how they appear and how we coexist will depend on their behavior and will determine our future together because we can never all be the same it's impossible to be all the same Right. And it, and so we need to respect that not everyone's like us and that's OK. Yeah. Um, and I remember talking to you about Emirati Women's Day, mm-hmm. which is on the 28th of August, I believe. And there was a campaign, so many campaigns. There's always campaigns about Emirati Women's Day. But I remember when I was in uni, uh, I would I would rarely see Emirati women posted on social media, their photos, uh, and photos of them not wearing the, the hijab mm. or the scarf or the shayla, we call it. Uh, now you see it everywhere. And on Emirati Women's Day, there are photo shoots of women horse, horseback riding, uh, you know, doing all these like sports and whatever. There was one video that went so viral of these beautiful women mm-hmm. um, or people, uh, however they identify themselves, and they um, they were some were dressed uh, with the abaya and shayla. One was some not. They were dressed. Um, to me, it was you know diverse, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it went viral on TikTok mm-hmm. to the point that people were sending them death threats. People mm. were threatening their lives, putting their lives into danger causing so much mental distraught and so they took down the video Mm. Uh, there were images they took down the images and then they reposted the images on private accounts some of them had private accounts Mm -hmm. i knew like one or two of them personally i know them and they're amazing one of them is a lawyer fatma gibesi she's a lawyer she's an advocate for women especially women who were abused um whether sexually or in, a, in domestically, whatever way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really admire these women. I, and I posted it saying, you know, like, uh, I can't remember what I said, but I said, you know, something along the lines of embracing diversity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and diversity is truth. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and I didn't get any backlash from posting it. Maybe the people that know me and surround me are liberal enough t- mm-hmm. uh, to be totally fine with it. Uh, a friend of mine posted uh, posted the same picture and you know like said these women are your sisters these people are your people they're one of like us and you shouldn't you know if you want to like hurt them you have to go through me first kind of thing mm. and even she was dissed for posting that mm. can you imagine wow it's crazy it was crazy i was in sh- shock i was shocked by the reaction of the people i thought we progressed I thought that because walking down the street, you see so many diverse people. Yeah. So what difference does it make if it's on a social media platform versus being, you know, physically in front of you? Now, I asked a lot of people to understand. Mm-hmm. I've been reading a lot about the integral theory, Ken Wilber's integral theory, and how everything is part of a bigger thing and a bigger thing. And I was like, okay, I need to understand everyone's opinion. Mm-hmm. So some, a lot of them actually feel that because it was posted on the National Emirati Women's Day, it was portrayed as how we look like, as a national identity. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that this national identity they're presenting is incorrect wow. because the national identity is the Abaya and the Shayla. Mm-hmm. And because it was posted on that day, and they were saying that they represent Emirati women, it was seen as um, false information. It was seen as inaccurate. It was seen as not representative of the true culture. Mm. And um, and I didn't. I I understand where they're coming from. I just disagree with it mm-hmm. because I think that regardless. If, if I post on Emirati Women's Day and I go like, I'm an Emirati woman, it is true. I am an Emirati woman. Right. And I'm celebrating that day. So I don't have to be an ambassador because I'm not, um, if I was in like a political scene, maybe, yes, of course, if I was actually an ambassador, then yes, for sure. Right. Yeah. But I'm just an individual that's saying my truth. Mm-hmm. and I just I I try to understand all aspects and I tried to question it and dissect it even more because I was like well there are so many other women who also did not wear the Abai and Sheila on Emirati Women's Day and nobody said anything they were supportive so why this and why that why her and not her you know and um and I think because like they just they just said you know within regardless of the hijab, it's all about modesty. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see modesty in that photo. Um, and so, yeah, and they were saying that the definition of an Emirati woman is not yet fixed, mm-hmm. it's in progress. <clears throat> and, uh, and I think, yeah, it's true. You cannot define a whole nation, yeah. cannot be defined. Um, I mean, it's a very generalistic definition. You will never be as accurate uh, to describe a whole nation. You have to show demographics. um, You will have to show norms and patterns and 
and uh, different, there are so many aspects of it that um, I didn't, and I think it's, um, I don't know, I, I still, I'm still trying to figure it out yeah. and try to understand so I don't offend anyone, but at the same time, say my truth. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I, I was just very overwhelmed by all of the backlash that was happening. I didn't expect it. I never saw such a thing yeah. happen here. Yeah. And so it was very, it was very scary. Yeah, that's, that's huge because, um, and I remember the picture. I remember when you had posted it on your Instagram and I was like, wow, like I thought it was beautiful, right? I thought it was beautiful to see, you know, the women who were wearing the, the garment and it like the different colors and, you know, just, there was like a lot of, to me, a lot of power in that picture, right? Because it showed it showed so much diversity, right? It showed, you know, the diversity in tradition and it showed the diversity of um, women who are a little bit more radical or a little bit more in tune with their authentic self, right? And it's not to say that those who are in tradition aren't authentic, right? It's, it's choice. It's giving, it's, yeah, it's giving choice to, okay, what does it look like to live my authentic life? What does it look like to live in the, the spaces that God has created me to live in? Right. Um, wow. That's powerful. So when you look at like, so what do the different colors mean? Cause in that picture, there was like a light blue. It was really pretty. It was, there was like a light blue. There was like a, uh, like a rose red, I think like there was like a, a, I mean like a rose petal pink, like there were some beautiful colors. What do the colors represent? I think they were just trying to create a color scheme that would be visually appealing. They did a good job. (laughs) It was so beautiful. And the video, unfortunately, I don't have it because it was taken down. I saw it, but I remember they were speaking and behind them were like a bunch of TVs piled up. Mm. So it was very contemporary. It was edgy. It was um, it was really nice. And each person was speaking after the other. So they all had space to say, uh, to share their opinions, thoughts. And to me, I didn't, I wasn't triggered. I didn't feel offended by anything they've said. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I took it in a, in a, in a way that was, yeah, it is, we are progressing. We're a 50 year old country. Yeah. I mean, we have a long history, you know, like hundreds of thousands of years of history, but country wise we're 50 years old we are progressing we will be progressing Mm -hmm. so it is valid and um i don't know it was very surprising to see the backlash and it made me wonder i could be one of one of these women who have received death threats i could be the one that i could i could have been in their shoes Mm -hmm. at any given moment yeah and what would I do if I was there? Um, you never know how it can affect you mentally and physically. Yeah. And I think it's interesting um, that you said one of the ladies in the photo, she's actually a lawyer that works with women. 
um, in abuse situations. Talk about that because, I mean, of course you can't talk from her experience, but I think that's interesting because of, and this is with my American eyes, right? Like what I know from the American lens of um, just how women are are treated, right? In, um, and you can correct the language, right? In, in the Islamic religion and community and just, like what, like how deep is the abuse towards women there? I think that I, I was verbally abused mm -hmm. uh, in a workplace environment um, and it was horrible. I was uh, abused several times and I didn't realize it actually. I was in shock mm. and it's only when he was yelling and swearing at me and insulting me, insulting my intelligence, my character. It was no longer professional criticism. It was personal criticism. Mm. And that's when um, I was in a state of shock. I took my things and I said, if you're going to continue just yelling, I'm going to leave. And he's, he continued. So I left. Wow. <clears throat> and I complained. And I complained to a woman and a woman of authority and yeah. she said oh you know how he is that's just how he is he's just maybe in a bad mood and the other woman that was in the room she was like that's not an excuse what for what he's done right and i received a warning an official warning at the end of um, several months of investigation and i didn't understand it was a warning that said that I left my desk without the permission of my manager, which was insane to me. Mm -hmm. um, and apparently this is pretty common, actually. And so you can imagine the, the what happens. And I was in, in a very safe environment. I grew up in a very safe environment. And I think my family made sure that I was in a safe environment. And... I can only imagine, I heard so many stories, like since high school, mm -hmm. I would hear stories of women being physically and uh, emotionally abused. And it's, it's very, very, very common here, unfortunately. Um, and it's, it saddens me to say it. And, but the differences we have awareness now, thanks to social media, thanks to people like Fatma who who used their studies in law to specialize and give voice to these women mm. and a platform and support. Yeah. And she's young. She's my age oh, or wow. maybe younger. Yeah. And so I think that the, the generation, this generation has so much awareness and so much, and that alone creates a huge change. Mm -hmm. So people are, if they're abused, they voice it. Yeah. Before was silenced and people would tell their close, their close ones about it, but they weren't be able to do anything. Yeah. They so evidence. Yeah. yeah so no, 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 you're fine. Um, so, and with that moving into like the current events of what's going on with all the protests, I believe it's been like, it's, it's like been three weeks now of, protests and women, you know, marching in the streets and um, cutting their hair, like all of that. 
what led that to take place? So the protests are happening in Iran. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, a neighboring country, actually. Mm -hmm. We share the uh, Gulf, the Gulf Sea. And so it's uh, across from us. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's quite scary that this is happening so in such close proxim proximity of us. Yeah, your neighbor. And, um, yeah, literally. And so um, thankfully, this never happened here. Mm -hmm. But um, because we have so much diversity and we have over 200 nationalities and so many tourists, like we cannot risk anything happening here right but the fact knowing that just across the sea there there were two women killed because they didn't wear the hijab right mm -hmm. or the way they wanted it mm -hmm. it's crazy mm -hmm. and they're they're not able to access social media from what i understood mm -hmm. they're not able to there is like a blocking uh, of coverage of news coverage and it's really scary it's really scary what's happening and it makes me wonder like is this another wave like from the arab we had the arab spring is this another wave that's happening and when is it gonna stop mm. and when are we we're in the 21st century in 2022 we survived a global pandemic yeah this is the least of our concern hijab should not be an act of violence yeah um and people are dying from a virus right now right and so the fact that these women were killed it's just it's it's unbelievable to me it's unbelievable mm -hmm. and it just makes me really scared of mm -hmm. what's happening and I think that we need to be very vigilant. We need to be supportive of each other. We need to be there for each other. We need to share, you know, our thoughts, our prayers, light to each other. Yeah. We instead of sending each other death threats, mm -hmm. we need to just embrace each other um, because we're here together, mm -hmm. and there is no point in separation. There is no point in separating us even further. We And what's crazy is that we all fall under one religion, Islam. Mm -hmm. And you can see this is, the, this is an example of how you can be an, as a, an Islamic state. You mm -hmm. can be a liberal one, be living peacefully, or you can be violent and oppressed. And so you... It, it means that it's not the true aspect of religion. Right. There, it's, it's, it's not Islam. Mm. Violence is not Islam. Mm. And so it shows to me how false their, their interpretation of Islam is actually. Yeah. Because you find, I, I actually met a religious figure a few days ago at work. Mm -hmm. It was a meeting, a formal meeting. And he is, um, we call them sheikh. Dini. Mm -hmm. So it's a sheikh who, a person who's a religious figure, they study Islam academically, mm -hmm. they practice it, they um, preach it, they, in a sense, you know, they, they perform the call of prayer, mm -hmm. and they do the, the khutbah, which is like the, the sharing of uh, a certain lesson mm -hmm. every Friday. 
And I obviously was wearing the abaya as part of my work uniform. And I asked myself, should I wear the scarf or should I not? Mm. Um, he's, he's a religious figure. And then I remembered what's happening in Iran. And I was like, I am not going to feed onto this oppression. Mm. I will live my true life. It was, if I was wearing the hijab, then I'll be wearing the hijab. But I am not a hijabi. Yeah. So I cannot lie. Mm. And I cannot just wear it for the sake of someone's presence. Mm. And I didn't. And we had an amazing conversation. And we sh- I took him to the galleries on a tour. And he was amazed by my knowledge. And he said, how can you speak French so fluently? And I said, my mother is French. And he said, your mother is French? He was amazed by everything. And he's wearing, you know, the religious dress, which is like the bisht and the the ghitra. Like he has this religious aura. And I was like, this is the true Islam. It's a tolerant religion. It's an open religion. It's a peaceful religion. It's a religion that embraces diversity and respects people's individuality. This is what it is. And it was just a beautiful moment for me to to witness it and to see it. And I really, really enjoyed it. And it was uh, perfect timing, I would say. (laughs) Yeah, because it's not a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) No, nothing is ever coincidence. And I think that's that's beautiful, right? Because even within yourself, there was still like this space of, okay, like, am I going to show up my authentic self or do I have to do all this extra stuff that's not really authentic to be respectful when respect is, you know, I respect you, how you, how you show up, your authentic, your authentic self. And he respects you the way you show up your authentic self. Right. And it's like, well, if you started like coming out your mouth crazy and didn't know, you know, your job and it was, you know, then that's a different story, but you showed up authentic and he appreciated that. And I love how, um, I love how you said like, this is, this is the truth of the religion, right? It's, it's, it's the diversity. It's, it's taking people for who they are and loving them at that, at that place and not trying to, you know, make myself different to fit your world. And, you know, just like, then it's like, well, imagine if you did put on your hijab, put on the hijab and, you know, what would that have experience have been like for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, would you have been able to really fully emerge into the experience or would you have been worrying okay i think he sees me this way i think he yeah exactly yeah it would have taken so much away from your authenticity which you were like your authenticity is what allows you to do the work that you do so that's amazing that's amazing i like kudos to you for that right thank you because that that could have been hard it could have been hard and you can be so self um like anxious and you would be like in your thoughts and you would be criticizing yourself and worried self-conscious about how is it falling is it there is it still there is it how is he perceiving it how is he and matter of fact he was totally chilled and fine yeah he didn't care yeah um he was respectful and professional and nothing's changed. Doesn't matter. Yeah. 
That's and amazing. so, but it's, it's also this idea of perception of you perceiving this religious person, like a, the, the image that, you know, some people I know in the French culture, they do it a lot and I feel so bad for it. And they, you know, how they ban hijab and, um, and because it's a second, it's considered a secular country mm-hmm. and hijab is banned in schools, public schools and public, uh, I think, workplace. And the, they have this image of a hijab being oppression. Mm. If it's her choice, it's not oppression. Right. If it's not her choice, then it is oppression. Mm. And there was a huge wave um, during the elections or there was a law that wanted to, to go to be passed and they were, they were voting and everything. And there was a, a wave on social media on hijab being a choice in France and how women... Muslim women in France who are French need to have that choice and yeah. that freedom yeah. because to them wearing the hijab and then removing it and entering their schools is the same thing as me not wearing it and then wearing it when I enter school it's me not feeling my authentic self it's the same thing yeah it's just a different image and it's really unfortunate that we have this image of how hijabi women would be only conservative and then you're proven wrong you know just like uh just like the meeting i had and all of that and so i think i think that it's all about choice really it's it's about choice and when you're authentic people will respect you Mm. and uh we were talking about this i've been showing up my authentic self in public spaces, sometimes it made people uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which is not my problem. Right. And sometimes it may, it doesn't change anything yeah. uh, in terms of my relationship with that person. Yeah. Whether uh, they come from, you know, family or so on, family um, circle or other mm-hmm. circles. So, it, but as long as you show up yourself, you're, you're not responsible for how they react. Mm-hmm. you're only responsible for your actions and the way you show up yeah and that's important yeah that is that's really important i love how you said um if it's if if it's your choice it's not oppression and if it's not your choice it is oppression i think that's like as simple as that is it's powerful because that reminds people oh wait i do have a choice like, you know, my grandmother, <laughs> anytime I go to her house after church, because the church I have go to, I've been at my church for almost eight years, and it's so laid back. Like, I can wear a really cute pair of, like, ripped up jeans, some heels, and, like, a blazer, and a shirt with, like, a really dope saying on it, you know, that's still respectful, or if I want to get all dressed up and wear, like, a really cute dress, like, whatever it is, if I want to wear my Uggs in a hoodie or a sweatsuit, you know, it's very, it's very relaxed. It's like, come as you are. Cause all we want to do is teach the word heal and, you know, do all the things. And my grandmother is very traditional, like very traditional. It's like, if I go to her house after church and I have one, some ripped up jeans and heels, she's going to be like, did you go to church like that? I'm like, yes, granny, I did. She was like, girl, the Lord is, I'm just like, oh my God, here we go. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, she, she sees me, 
You know what I'm saying? Like she sees that I have a relationship with God, that I go to church on Sunday. You know, she's she's able to look past her traditional eyes. And, you know, because once upon a time, it's like dresses had to be down past your knees and they can't be too tight and you can't show your figure and you can't do all these things. And women can't preach, you know, in the pulpit, but they're the ones that carry the spiritual backing. And it's like all these different things. But now you see like women all across religions just like doing it right, like really standing in their power and their choice their choice to show up as the individual that they are and still do powerful work, give powerful messages, connect with powerful leaders and still be respected by those leaders. So I thought that was like you saying that it was, it was so, it was like an Eminem, right? It was like, it was so small, like you, like you, like if you, if anybody misses it, it, like they're going to miss it, but it was like, so powerful like that was that was that was that was yeah yeah (laughs) we have a lot of similarities we do yeah (laughs) we do and that's why i wanted to to chat with you because when it comes to religion it's a big thing it's it's yeah it's huge and you can get shunned for not being you know you could be the one in the family to get shunned for like still being a believer but like having a different set of eyes or having a different like uh look on religion and spirituality and relationship so yeah yeah um what do you think healing looks like for the women in the country and for the for Islamic countries, period. What do you think healing looks like moving forward? Um, I think the first step is awareness. And there are many women, men, everyone who is diving deep into awareness, self-discovery. There are so many yoga studios. I remember going to a a yoga studio and doing um, energy healing. Mm -hmm. And... um, spiritual healing and I asked the the woman she she's Australian she said you know we couldn't practice uh healing energy healing and you know crystal healing before uh 10 years I think she said because it was seen as magic Mm -hmm. and it was taboo so we would change the name and the phrasing of it or sometimes we would practice it and privately Mm -hmm. and but now it's all out in the open. It's a trend. It's a it's a fashion. People just um, they love doing uh, retreats. They love connecting with nature. They really enjoy. It. It's a whole movement. It's a wellness industry movement. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, that's that's powerful too. Because I think the yoga practice and I think, I think you froze. Probably so, um, but it's fine. I can still hear you. Yeah, um, the the internet's a little weird right now, <laughs> but that's powerful because I think like religion is such a um, a culture, right? That it's like, well, I want to move away from that culture and really just tap into the spirituality, 
which spirituality is um relationship and connection right relationship with self and relationship with the divine whoever you whatever whoever whatever name you call it it's it's something bigger than us and i think to even have people come to a space where they believe that there's something bigger than us right like everything like we're not puppets but we're we're being orchestrated like just how we met right how how everything just falls into line. I think when you end up getting people to start looking at relationship and connection rather than just tradition and religion, you're on to something like that, like you're making something different. Oh, um, hold on one second. We'll be right back. This is what happens when you're cooking and just get deep into conversation. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Why are you oh gosh. And this is all recording. I don't even care. Um, I was about <laughs> to make like some uh gluten-free noodles and add like broccoli and mushroom, and I'm like, what's that noise? Oh <laughs> god, no. And yeah, and didn't even like throw the food in there. There's just like water and oil. And I was like, oh, something what what is that noise? Um, <laughs> y'all, this is what happens when I get deep into these conversations. Like I keep telling myself, don't do anything before you start these interviews. And I did anyway. It makes it, it, makes it nice and human. <laughs> oh God. It. Yeah. I love it. Like I'm, I've come to a place where it's just like, this is my authentic self. Like I might slip up and say something and then like I'm listening back and it's just like, oh, I wonder if they caught that. <laughs> so no, I love it. Like it is what it is. I'm human y'all. Nice to meet you. Um, so, and yeah, I think that's, that's amazing. And to see that transformation moving, you know, I think you said the, uh, the lady from Australia said it's been 10 years. Like that's, that's 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 powerful so healing is available for the collective yes um and a lot of the people here are quite religious they practice religion um i went i was very lucky to be part of a project at work to work with an artist mm -hmm. and go to a mosque uh he wanted to record the sounds of the friday prayer mm -hmm. and so it was the first time going to a mosque for work and he's a man, so he was accompanied by a man. Um, and I was with a female French colleague. Mm -hmm. And um, we had to, there was the prayer, and so we had to separate. He went with the, with the men on the men's side. I went with her on the women's side. And she sat next to me. I, and she, you know, respectfully wore the abaya and the hijab because when we pray, we have to wear it. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, you can sit next to me. I'll be praying. And she said, oh, are you sure? It's like, yeah, totally fine. There is a screen that has like subtitles in English. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really nice and accessible. And so I prayed. And, um, and when I, it's been a while since I've prayed the Friday prayer in the mosque. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, I prayed and I just felt so proud of this religion that I was part of that embraced so much acceptance and 
And there were so many diverse people there in that mosque. And it's one of the largest mosques in the world wow. after the Kaaba, after Mecca and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's called Sheikh Zayed Grand Mosque. And it was such a peaceful, serene moment. And they were just, she's a practicing Christian, Catholic Christian. She goes to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And she felt this connection mm-hmm. with with Islam through the mosque and through this prayer. Mm. She felt like there is, we're much closer than we realize. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful moment that I'll cherish forever yeah. um, to have an American artist from California <laughs> and a French woman, cat, practicing Catholic women and in a mosque all together. And we're all, you know, united and we're all like, it's an open door. Yeah. for everyone and everyone mm-hmm. and they say even in islam to convert it's so easy you just have to repeat two phrases and so it's very accessible and i think that i always wanted to unlearn and relearn the mm-hmm. religion mm-hmm. because the way i was taught in school was pretty traumatizing i must say mm-hmm. we were learning about how women were stoned to death if they practiced if they had, you know, sexual, uh, if they had intercourse outside of wedlock, Mm -hmm. they'd be stoned to death in front of so many people and the people would throw the stones. And I was like 12 when I was taught that or 13. Yeah. I didn't, probably 12. Um, I wasn't, I didn't even get my menstrual cycle yet. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I was taught that at such a young age, I'd come back home and tell my parents and they would be like, no, 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 don't worry. It's fine. We don't do this here. And, and uh, my mom would always tell me because she was uh, Catholic and she converted to Islam in France. Mm-hmm. And she wore the hijab actually when she first converted. She faced a lot of discrimination, so much discrimination and bullying. And she went to the mosque. She said, I'm getting, I'm having a hard time and all of that. And so she decided to remove it, not to wear it. Because she has a huge collection of scarves. Yeah. And I asked her, beautiful scarves. Why do you have so many scarves? And she told me the story. Mm-hmm. And so like the way I was taught at home was very different to the way I was formally taught in it, through education. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that because my mother learned it learned the religion from scratch mm-hmm. she there were no there was no conditioning yeah you know so it was very pure and it was all about intentions mm. and she taught me that you know what's in your heart what's your intention that's what counts yeah that's how it beautiful appears, mm-hmm. however it appears it appears yeah and so that was really nice and so i really appreciated that and i appreciate that having a guidance from close relatives where you feel comfortable enough to ask these questions, these deep questions, these very sensitive questions mm-hmm. in such an open and safe environment is so important. And I remember in Peru, someone asked, how do I feel about being in Peru and learning about yoga as a Muslim? Mm-hmm. And I said that to me, to me, like yoga is sacred, yoga is spirituality. Mm-hmm. And when I study the Bhagavad Gita, it's part of 
it's a historical sacred book yeah so i'm i have a background in archaeology and art history i study about all religions mm-hmm. and i they're all of the same value to me mm-hmm. um so there's nothing wrong with that there that's actually i love embracing and learning the more i learn the more i learn about my religion and my spirituality and myself mm. so i love diving deep into the sacred texts of each religion yeah. and that's part of that's my daily job in in the museum that i work in mm-hmm. the louvre abu dhabi i work in the middle ages wing which is dedicated to the emergence of monotheistic religions and polytheistic religions but a lot of it centralized around christianity islam judaism buddhism hinduism and to me i treat them as sacred as islam yeah. to me they're all one um and they're all equally important mm-hmm. and, and At them and I enjoy talking about them to people yeah um even to that religious figure that I told you that I met mm-hmm. talking to him about the different religions and the sutra and we have a beautiful sutra that's in that's in blue and gold text so it's gold ink mm-hmm. and the paper is dyed in blue wow. and there is a famous Quran a Quran that's from North Africa that's also paper dyed in blue with gold ink so there must have been some stylistic exchanges between them yeah and so i really enjoyed i so i was explaining that to him and um so we don't realize really how close we are from each other yeah they're all birthed from one another right and i love how just the experience you had with um going into the mosque and it's like this christian woman from california and just you know her her feeling that same peace because peace is peace right and right and you you like you can tell the difference no matter what religion you practice what your tradition is you can when when you have peace from the divine you can tell like it like you can tell that it's not peace that you're getting from your everyday, you know, the people around you, what you do day in and day out. But when it's from, when it's from God, I don't care what religion you, you practice, (laughs) you feel it. And I love, I love like my son's um, father's family is Muslim. And, you know, at first there was like some, some strife there, but over time, it's like the deeper I got into my, my walk and my, you know, my practice and even getting into yoga, right? Because yoga unites that connection in that relationship too. the more me and um, his my son's grandmother is are able to really connect and 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 see the God in the both of us, right? In each of in each of us. So it's powerful. Like if if sometimes we can just take religion out of a box and really look at the authenticity of people and their soul and how they treat themselves and others, right? Because that's 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 law in religion across the religion board, then we're able to really give people choice to be who they, who they desire to be. 
Exactly. That's perfectly said. Perfectly said. <laughs> oh, gosh. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to give to the people? Um, anything less lasting on your mind that you want to just kind of get out? Um, well, I thank you for your curiosity thank first. Yes. And I thank um, everyone, whoever is listening for their curiosity. And it's an invitation to explore further and to really open doors and to start asking questions and finding answers within you yeah. um, and finding your own answers um, that is not conformed to a certain idea yeah. ideology um i think that's important and celebrating individuality is important too yeah mm -hmm. yeah oh i love you mariam this was so fun <laughs> thank, you. thank you so so much for the work that you do the your curiosity because if like the fact that like i love that we can have this conversation like it it goes from art to history to religion and you know you think about the architecture of certain buildings and churches and mosques and the way the land was built and created any and everywhere a lot of that comes from history and a lot of history has to do with the tradition of religion so um thank you for your 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 mind your heart the work that you do your healing just everything thank you so much thank you thank you and we will be right back one of my most favorite self-care regimens is to take long baths. Like I've literally just redecorated my whole entire bathroom to bring home my own spa experience. One of my favorite things to add are body scrubs. CB Soap and Candle Co. have the most amazing body scrubs. Like they're made with pure love, so much love, leaving my legs and my body and just everything feeling so good, like pure silk, like I've just renewed my whole entire body. Enjoy spa quality products in the comfort of your own home with CB Soap and Candles, Candle Co., Go to cbsoapandcandleco.com and use code VOTB, all caps, to get 10% off your order. So my last order, which I need to order more, that I made was cocoa cashmere, which is like, you want to go back into the black and white Hollywood films and feel like diamonds and pearls like Coco Cashmere does that at least for me the smell the smell is so like beautiful like the smell is gorgeous and it's really like the smell is really really nice for that transition into the fall right the, like that real grounding space um, like a nice sandalwood but my fave, which I wish I brought like thousands of them, was passion fruit, guava, and mint. I brought passion fruit, guava, and mint when like around the spring summertime when we're in that nice transition from spring into summer. Sis, ma'am, sir, guy, all of y'all. Passion fruit and guava. First of all, I love, I love guava. 
I love guava. There's like this nice dance that the guava and mint do with like the passion fruit. And it's, 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 it's beautiful. It's refreshing. The mint is very refreshing. And then just the smell of fruit, it smells like fresh fruit with mint. Like your whole shower, your whole bathroom still smells like it afterwards. These scents are so authentic. You can feel the love and the time that was made in curating these products and how thoughtful the pairing is. It's so beautiful. So, so beautiful. So go to CB Soap and Co. Candle Co. Excuse me. Go to CB Soap and Candle Co.com and use the code VOTB, all caps, to get 10% off your order. That was such a fun interview. I absolutely adore Miriam. Um, she's so like multifaceted. She has so much knowledge. Um, and I love, I love how like art and um, religion all like tie into each other. Right? It's it's. It's such a beautiful space. Um, and I don't, not religion, right? But spirituality, right? Because if we think about it, there's a certain level of connection to the divine that you have to have to really tap into what you see to create and put out into the world. So when we look at um, the architecture of these mosques and um, churches and buildings right there's there's an eye that a particular person has for it that is um coming from a very sanctified place within them right sanctified and sacred place within them that allows them to see it twice once within themselves and then build it from ground up into the world so um that I like Miriam's amazing. Um, I love her curiosity. I love her personality. The human in her is just amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, I can't wait to get to the AUE to see her. Um, but yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that conversation. Um, just (laughs) doing something different, right? Just really allowing yourself to be, who you authentically are and sometimes religion can put us in a box and tell us that we are supposed to be this way that way and all these different things um and i believe that this generation and the ones to come are going to be the ones to really rally up the space that says listen we love god and we also want to be free in how he created us and there's no disrespect, but both and, not but, both and, I just want to be what makes me feel free. So, yeah, that was that was a dope conversation. Um, yeah, I love you all for free. Namaste.
Soundstripe. Soundstripe. 